Welcome to The Bomar Show. We are your hosts, Josh and Sarah Bomar. We hope this podcast will motivate, educate, and entertain you. Enjoy the show. Welcome back to The Bomar Show. This is episode 23. Yeah, today we are going to be talking all about the last four months since we have had Oakley. She turns four months old today, so we figured what better time to do another podcast and all of the content today is going to be from questions that you guys submitted to us on Instagram. So today's podcast is life after baby. Four months postpartum. Fitness, business, all that. What has a baby done to change our life? Yeah. So we have about mm, 18 questions. We're going to go through them and yeah, saddle up folks. Here we go. And guys, don't tune out. You're like, oh geez, we're talking about baby. Here we go. Guys, seriously, eventually at some point in your life, you may want to have a kid and you're going to learn a lot um, that you're going to want to remember if you are having a kid, about to have a kid or plan on having a kid or do have kids. So this is going to be good. So hang in there. So these questions are in no order of anything other than the way that they were submitted on Instagram. So question one, how has having a baby changed your fitness goals? Has it changed your workouts with the new time constraints? Oh, okay. I'm up first. So changing my fitness goals. So my goal has always been the same. I want to be the best version of myself, no matter what that is. So if I'm the best version of myself, now that I, I have a baby, that, that includes being a dad. So wh- how that changes, it's no longer about how do I look my absolute best. It's like, okay, I could look maybe better, but I have to sacrifice more time away from the baby and business and all this stuff. So I, I still want to look my best at the age 30. I'm almost 31. And I feel like I'm doing that. It's making things a lot harder with a baby, which I know we'll dive into probably a little bit later. Uh, But my goals, um, the only thing that's changed with that, I still want to look my best um, with the time that I'm uh, that I'm uh, that I'm allotted. And so that is a lot less now that we have a, a kiddo. Uh, but my my new goals now include being a great dad. I want Oakley to always feel loved and cherished and to always have a dad in her life that she knows she can count on. Yeah, so as far as my personal, you know, fitness goals, I don't really have necessarily a fitness goal. Working out for me has always just been an outlet. It is my time. It's me time. Luckily, Oakley really actually enjoys spending time in our home gym. And that's something that I'm really glad that we invested into and built before she was born. I know there's a lot of well, not a lot of things that are available right now just because of COVID and people's gyms are shut down. So for us, you know, we we really invested into some equipment over the summer before Oakley had arrived. And that has been incredible for both of us. We have been able to get about 95% of our workouts done in our home gym. Obviously, it's a different atmosphere. You don't have, you know, the camaraderie or you know, we, we've tried to make our home gym as much like a gym as possible. With the music, we've soundproofed it so that you can get kind of loud in there. We have our sauna in there so Josh can make it really hot. So it's nor, it's not even that our fitness goals have changed. We have just had to adapt to how we actually are able to get in our workout sessions. Yeah, I mean, that's really what it boils down to. We've had to evolve how we train, not necessarily the goals surrounding the training, yeah. which it makes it harder. I mean, it's not easier. I get why people say all the time, oh, good luck being that fit when you have kids. I, I get it. It's yeah. hard. Well, you know? you're tired. You want to spend time with your baby. You almost have this like 
guilt if you're working out and you know they're napping or something um like i said she really actually enjoys being in the gym she likes looking at the lights and everything so it can be kind of fun you know if she's awake and i need to get my workout in well downstairs we go baby <laughs> yeah and also you know it's very easy excuse for us now like to not be fit oh i want to spend more time with my baby so i'm just gonna not gonna work out today well actually that's your inner oh geez i probably shouldn't say what i want to say what <laughs> Your inner B. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, probably shouldn't say that. But, yeah, that's your your inner you know, loser that's just trying to also get you not to stay in shape. So you got to be very careful. There's a fine line between, you know, using the baby as an excuse and it actually being a reason. And I feel like a lot of people use it as an excuse. Because guess what? Whenever I do cardio, sometimes it's at 10 o'clock at night when yeah. baby's asleep. Yep. Sometimes it's at five o'clock in the morning before baby wakes up. Sometimes it's at 10 o'clock in the afternoon when I have a lunch break or something. It's, you know, I still get it in. It makes it very difficult, but that doesn't mean I'm using the baby as an excuse. Right. So I think that's important. If you're listening to this and you're like, oh yeah, that's me. That's why I'm out of shape. Oh yeah, that's me because I don't have the time. Well, we're here to tell you that we're still staying in shape. I'm in the best shape that I've been in in years. It's just taking a lot more work. So don't let the baby be an excuse. You know, make sure that there's an actual valid reason. Yeah, and if you enjoy working out, you can make, you know, the accommodations. Like I said, bring your baby in the gym if you have a home gym. You know, just try to accommodate as best as you can. I know right now it is a strange time. A lot of gyms are closed. We do have some home workout ideas on our Instagram if you need that information. But it's more just about accommodating. So I guess the entire answer to this question, my fitness goals personally haven't changed. Working out is just an outlet for me. It makes me feel like me and it gives me that time. Even if the baby is there, it still gives me the time to work on myself. And it's definitely an outlet for me that I always want to ensure that I'm getting in. So Awesome. Yeah. And I also have a blog on sarahbomar.com about the equipment that we have in our home gym. So if you guys are looking to build any add-on to your home gym, start one, you know, invest in some pieces, it's not a bad time to look. Yeah, let's move on. Kay. Next question. Best part about being a parent and hardest part. Oh, <laughs> you want to start this one? Sure. So honestly, the best part for me is just the joy and the love that she gives gives me without even realizing it like it's just so selfless and it's just she's just the best baby in the world um <laughs> yeah for me it's definitely the smiles mm -hmm. like the the new experiences for her she there's so many times throughout the week where she you just feel like she sees you for the first time and yeah. that just pure joy and happiness that comes across her body. She smiles with her whole body. She laughs Big with her old whole body. Gummy smile. And it just it melts your soul. And it just it's amazing. That is by far the best part is just seeing those first experiences firsthand, watching her do something for the first time, even if it's just something she does with her cheek, you know, a way she smiles differently than the day before like that is always going to be probably the best part about this and as she gets older it's newer she's rolling over for the first time or she's giggling differently or she's making louder vocal noises it's just so fun her, to dinos it. her dinosaur yells yeah. um i would say the hardest part honestly is just if if they're upset not knowing why obviously the only way that a baby can communicate being unhappy is to cry so 
that's honestly the hardest part. Like you feel like you're trying so hard as a parent. You're feeding them. You're walking them around. You've the diaper is clean. They are clothed, happy, fed, and yet still upset. And so just trying to figure out why they're upset. And then I would say a second hardest part, it feels like, you know, once you've got them figured out, they go through some other developmental change and everything changes. And it's almost like you have to start over like every few weeks. Yeah, it's it's kind of funny how it's designed because it's like just right whenever you are at your breaking point, you're like, okay, this is going to be horrible. And then they get into this routine that you can stomach. And then just when it's long enough to where you're just happy, then it's a whole new routine. Jokes on you. Jokes Let's on do you. Else. And then you just get to that <laughs> another breaking point to where you're like, oh my gosh, this is so hard. How am I going to keep doing this? Boom, they get through uh, another point. So th- there is some ebbs and flows of being a dad and parents. But the hardest part for sure for me is the lack of sleep, you know, because I'm doing two a days, I'm training really hard in the gym, and then I'm also doing cardio. Like I need, you know, adequate amount of sleep in order to recover properly. And for me to be able to recover, I need long durations of sleep. And that's just not happening. You know, just the other night she got up 11 times and that's not every night, obviously, but it's pretty common for her to get up three to four times a night. And in the beginning, it was really hard because she would be up for 20, 30 minutes at a time. Now she wakes up, you know, probably six, seven times a night, but she's only up and you put in her pacifier. She goes right back to sleep. You still have to get up though. (laughs) But you still got to get up. You got to get out of the warm bed. You got to go over there. You got to put her pacifier in and then you, you still get back into bed. And I mean, that is interrupting your REM cycle. That's interrupting that deep sleep. That's going to be, you know, in charge of helping heal your body. So I just feel like I'm constantly not running on full and I feel like I'm running on empty and it's making everything else way harder. You know, you have to be, you know, more motivated, which is really hard. You know, you have to to be careful about training. Overtraining is pretty common to be able to do. So definitely that I could probably elaborate more with other (laughs) answers, I'm sure in the future. Um, But yeah, definitely lack of sleep. Um, So the next question, have you taken on less work? I know for me personally, we have, first of all, we have a great team in place for our companies. And that's something that we have been working on way before we even got pregnant. Luckily, our teams have really stepped up. They've asked if they can take on extra work. But at the same time, our companies are growing and we are still honestly working the same, if not more, as far as Bomer Nutrition goes. I know Josh has been working even harder on Bomer Archery. And it's just honestly about time chunking, which we'll get into a little later in the podcast. But for me specifically, my work has changed, but I do feel like I am working more than ever before. Yeah, I feel like I'm working way more than ever before because we just have less time to work. You know, we just okay, baby needs 25 minutes right now. Oh, okay. I mean, that's what it takes. 30 minutes here and there. And before it's just, it's not time wasted by any means, but it is time used throughout your day. So then all of a sudden, you know, work that you had an hour and a half to do. Now you only have an hour to crunch it all in there. So it feels like you're constantly, you know, doing something at an accelerated rate and you just never have enough time to do anything. Yeah. Before baby, I thought I was tired and busy and I don't know what I was doing with myself because, 
having a baby and being business owners is definitely busy yeah. and tired. But, yeah, but it's manageable, you yes. know, like it, the moment it gets overwhelming, you know, we're trying to allocate, you know, and, and allocate that, that responsibility maybe to someone else that could help us. But it's still, no matter what, being the business owners, especially with Bomer Archery, you know, that's, that's a new business that we haven't delegated very well or not much at all because it's still new and we're still growing. So that puts a lot of responsibility on me uh, with product development and um, getting that business going. So that's taken a lot of time, but it's it's growing at a very accelerated rate, which I'm not complaining. But having a baby, it does make it difficult, but we're getting through it. You know, it just again <laughs> makes it difficult. Yeah. So to the answer to that question, no, not less work. More. More. <laughs> um, does Oakley like gym daycare? So we do belong to multiple gyms. At Lifetime, she was allowed to go to the infant daycare once she hit exactly three months. She's now four months today. I would say she's been there five times to daycare. Four yeah, or five times? Not a whole lot. Yeah, not a lot in the last month. And just like anything else, it took some time. The first few Trips to baby daycare, you know, we were called down because she was upset. They couldn't calm her down. She had a poopy diaper because they don't change diapers there, which I can appreciate. So the in the workouts while they were at the gym still got interrupted. But the last time we were at gym daycare, she had a great time. There were other babies there that I don't know if... <laughs> Babies play with one another, but I doubt they were yeah. high fiving <laughs> and you know sharing you know womb stories. Yeah. But I, I all in all, I think she enjoys it. Yeah, I, mean, I think she's having fun. I think it's good for her to just to experience being held by other people and falling asleep in different environments and just that different the different um, what's the word I'm looking for just scenery and yeah, yeah. I think she yeah likes I it. mean she's gonna get different stimuluses you yeah. know and I that's, think that's the important. word that's the word. Uh, next question. Most surprising thing that has happened since becoming parents. The most surprising? Most surprising thing. Oh, um, I would love it if you started this one. Oh, <laughs> so my most surprising thing since becoming a parent is definitely just how much like outside things don't matter anymore. Um, yeah, I, I get that. Yeah. So, you know, the trolls on social media or just the little nonsense that doesn't really matter from day to day I don't even really pay attention to it anymore because it's just it's time consuming and I don't have the time to deal with it and it's just not worth it honestly I can, I can see that yeah yeah surprising oh, gosh I don't know if I have an answer for this it would take me some time to think about it okay well you think about it and then you can we can come back to it do you feel like you've lost yourself oh wow uh no I think if anything I've discovered a new part of myself that that I can grow to appreciate you know loving and caring for anybody is in all of our DNA but to love and care about something so much like a baby is really amazing to me you know and I thought I loved and cared about you which I do obviously but this little baby it's just it's different it's totally different and to experience that uh, is, is truly I mean just a gift from God to even say the least I mean yeah. it is truly amazing yeah for me, I don't, like Josh said, I don't feel like I've lost myself. It's definitely a balancing act to remain a business owner, to remain Sarah, to remain Josh's wife, to remain Oakley's mom. Like, there are just so many hats throughout the day that it's not necessarily that I've lost myself. The roles have just morphed into what they have been. And things get shifted into perspective very quickly. Yes. Things that matter to you um, in the past necessarily don't matter in the future. So, 
like where you're like, oh my gosh, I have to do X, Y, and Z. You know, I have to eat at this exact time at this exact place. What? What's eating? Yeah, you're like, all right, well, I guess with the baby, I'll just fast yeah. all day. Look That's, at that. It's four in the afternoon. Should probably eat something. Probably eat. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's, again, it's morphing into a person that you can learn to love and appreciate. And I think that kind of goes into your spouse as well. Most people that have a kid, you know, um, wanted to have the kid, you know, in person, I mean, with the person that they're having the child with, I, obviously there's exceptions. So learning to love the person that they become is also, I think, e equally important, mm -hmm. you know, because we will change and morph. Like you said, you know, we do change and morph, but you got to learn to appreciate and love the person for who they become, not necessarily try to hold them to who they were, because I mean, there's a lot of, I mean, stress stress and i mean geez biochemical changes that even happen that change a person hormonally and mentally and i mean geez from a mom's perspective i mean what changes in you is is could be for the better for sure but there are changes you yeah. know and just and just say, man you're not the same or you've changed i don't know if i like you anymore i feel like that's that's not fair to the mom or the dad and you just have to say okay well now how do i learn to love this person the way that they currently are. I think that's fun. Yeah. And it can be fun and entertaining if you just look at it through the lens of like, okay, this will be cool. Let's see the changes and how can I love those changes even more? Absolutely. The next question, do you nap when she naps? No, <laughs> never. Yeah, we're not nappers. <laughs> when not I'm up, nappers. I'm like up. I'm yeah. like, I got to go. The yeah. only time I've ever napped is like... <laughs> I don't even know. It's. it's uh, I think the day we brought her home, we napped once. That's true. And other than that, no, in the last <laughs> four months. So yeah, for us, no napping. her nap time is, okay, how much can we get done in the next <laughs> 40, 42 minutes? Because that's how long she naps for. So, yeah, for us, it's just... Time no, to work. Yeah, time yeah, to there's work. No, there's, it's the opposite of yeah. nap. So, yeah, we're sleep deprived. Everything's fine. But then she, you know, she goes down. We're like, okay, let's get X, Y, and Z done. Go, yeah. go, 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 go. It's definitely not, oh, let's relax. Yeah. Uh, but again, that's kind of our lifestyle. She's also a very good sleeper compared to some other babies at this age. So, you know, if, the, if she wasn't a good napper or good sleeper, that answer may be different. I don't know. We're just, this is just our status right now um the next question how are you feeling mentally and physically i kind of think we have covered that in the other answers maybe but elaborate on that a little bit more it. you know mentally and physically like i said you know lack of sleep does so much to you so i've noticed like it's harder to do things when it's you're tired to, like formulate sentences like you like the mom brain thing yeah. i think it's so real obviously your hormones but at the same time you are sleep deprived and even just remembering, oh, what was I going to say? What did I come in here for? Words are hard. <laughs> Words are hard. Well, also, you know, the mental fatigue of no sleep, but then you're like looking at like so many other aspects of life and you're just like, okay, now I'm just going to have to do everything tired. And that's just what I'm going to have to do. So then you you get crazy with caffeine and then you're like, oh, geez, now these are causing, you know, anxiety from <laughs> too much caffeine. So there's a nice balance. But what I found to be the hardest part for sure with this is the fact when you lack sleep, the you you trigger your, your likelihood to eat junk food increases. This yes. is a scientific fact that you are more geared towards sugary foods in a sleep deprived state. So dieting is way harder mm -hmm. Very hard, especially when you can't stick to a normal food schedule. So 
while she naps, are you going to spend half an hour cooking a gourmet meal or are you going to just chug a protein shake and <laughs> call it a day until or, the next nap? Or you do prepare that meal and then you take your first bite and she's screaming. You're like, oh, all guess, right, bye food. Guess I'll eat you cold. And then 30 <laughs> minutes later, you're like, oh, nice. <laughs> I'm glad I get to experience this yeah. amazing meal cold. Yeah. Awesome. But not, we're definitely not complaining. This is just... The reality of the yeah. situation so and a lot of people i'm i think are afraid to complain because they don't want you know people to think that they're complaining about having a child because we absolutely are not but there are difficulties that come with it well the food is is hardest you know i've been a low carb style of eater for geez i mean years yeah. and uh and so i found myself craving sugary foods more frequently and it makes it pretty hard you know and i think yeah. that has a lot to do with sleep deprivation and again it's I'm not sleep deprived. It's just interrupted. You know, I mean, she sleeps for a few hours at a time and it's just that interrupted sleep cycle. Some nights are worse than others. Some nights are great. Yeah. So it's definitely the junk food thing. So if you guys are experiencing that, something that you can do to help, help, help with that. Sorry. Yeah, you're fine. <laughs> <laughs> no, but if there's a, if you guys are experiencing that, something that you can do to help with that is work out first thing in the morning. If, yes. if that helps. If, if I mean, if your baby allows that. And the reason is, is because that'll help suppress your appetite throughout the day. So then you can actually be more disciplined with less willpower. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then as far as mentally for me, I have talked about this on my Instagram. You know, I've definitely been experiencing some postpartum anxiety. It's definitely not as bad as what I've heard other women express to me, but I'm still dealing with it. And so... For me, I've been obviously having to learn my new role as a mom, but then also deal with the mental aspect of the difficulties of postpartum as well. And then for like how I'm feeling physically, I honestly feel amazing. Obviously, my body is not back to where it was pre-pregnancy, even though my weight is. My body composition has obviously changed, but at the same time, I do feel very strong when I lift. I like the way that I look. And it's just about working out, but also making being a mom a priority. So for me, I really like the way that my body is and physically happy. Oh, so that's good. Yeah. Is your baby happy all the time? <laughs> I, I would say we have a very happy baby. I mean, her smiles and giggles. I mean, she cries when she needs stuff, but that's her only form of communication. You know, yeah. like, wow, I'm tired. Wow, I'm hungry. You know, you're like, okay, which cry is this? Yeah. So... Of course she cries, but again, I feel like overall she's extremely happy baby. Yes, and when she's crying, I mean, our first instinct is not to, hey, let's put this on Instagram story. No, like the the first instinct is to take care of your child. So obviously we do share very happy moments, and I think that it's bringing joy to a lot of people because we get so many messages from you guys. Like, I check your story every day just to see happy baby Oakley and see her wake up and she's so smiley and happy and right. it makes me happy. And so that's so cool that we get to share those little moments and can help brighten someone's day in this strange, strange time that we are living in. Um, next question. How is the sleep schedule going? Well, I mean, Sarah, you have to understand, with Sarah's personality, she is very list-oriented, very structured with everything she does, very, very organized. So as a very unorganized person, and again, I am organized, but compared to Sarah, I am not. Uh, that has actually made 
you know, raising Oakley really, really nice because mm -hmm. Sarah's got every nap down, everything down. So we know exactly when she's supposed to do what. And being on that strict structure, I think, has really helped her yes. with her sleep schedule because she doesn't miss, doesn't miss a nap. And if she does, it's maybe 20, 30 minutes. You know, we still get her down. Like, this is – it's taken a lot of work, but I think overall that's really helped her being – and our whole routine we have established, you know, from all the training that we courses that we took, like that really, really helps. But yeah, I definitely think your structure of how you've been, you know, making sure she sleeps has been really helpful with her sleep. Yeah. So we did two full sleep courses before she was actually born. And then we did the three to four month course, obviously, once she hit that age. So all of those are saved on sarahbomar.com. They're also saved on my Instagram if you if you need those. But then too, like Josh mentioned, what has helped is logging her sleep. I use a free app called Huckleberry. Not affiliated at all, but I've recommended it because it actually has helped a ton of people. You know, she wakes up and if I didn't have that app, I don't remember what time she wakes up, you know, and an hour and a half goes by and she starts to get fussy. And I'm like, why are you fussy? And then I look at that app and I'm like, oh, because you have a nap in three minutes. That makes sense. So it just makes being a parent easier. And then when your baby is not tired, you as a human being are more productive. You are happier. You're not as frustrated. You can actually like, don't, don't miss out on technology we have it like let's use it well that's the thing too it's like okay you you limit all the potential things that could be wrong yeah like oh my gosh she's crying uh, she's hungry i'm trying to feed her let's let's ramp her up let's smile let's play music and you're you're literally doing the complete opposite of what she needs because yeah. she needs to go to sleep so now you're playing music you're rocking her and and trying to wrap her up to make her happy but reality is she needs to sleep so it's nice to be like okay it could be other things but she's 20 minutes past the nap. It's probably the nap. So let's grab a bottle. Let's get into a quiet room. Swaddle her swaddle up. Swaddle her. And then let's see if rocking her in a very calm setting like gets her to go to sleep. Yeah. And that's been awesome. That's been awesome. Yeah. That's been helpful. And I want to point out, too, because people ask this. We are not sleep training a baby. I know there's like this mom. That's a thing? No, there's this like oh. m conception or like this misconception that like, oh, you're you're trying to make your baby sleep when she's not tired. I don't know if you ever tried to put a non-tired baby down. That doesn't work. Um, so we're not training her to sleep. We are just ensuring that she does not get overtired. We are ensuring that her naps are, you know, based on her history of naps and her schedule. And so we or more or less just making sure she's not tired. So and obvious cues, yawning, yeah. rubbing her eyes, staring you know, off, staring off. I mean, long blinks. These are clear signals that she's tired. So yeah. we're like, okay, well, here we go. This is very obvious cues. Oh, and based on this app, she's 10 minutes away from a nap. And sometimes she's 10 right on nap and she's wide awake having a ball. We're not going to be like, okay, you need to calm down and go to bed. Yeah. And sometimes there's some flexibility with her, you know, 30, 40 minutes. I mean, yesterday she went two hours past her nap. Yeah. And that was rough on her. That was very rough on her. But I think that has helped, too. Those courses have really helped. I, I noticed that a lot of people were asking about the four-month sleep regression. I don't think she is hitting it as hard as she would have if we hadn't taken those courses because in the middle of the night, you know, a lot of people, which is what these classes go over, you know, you hear her fuss and you immediately get her up. Well, no one sleeps through the night. You and I don't sleep through the night, but we know how to put ourselves back to sleep. A four-month-old baby can sometimes have difficulty with that. So if you think that your baby needs up at three in the morning when in reality they just need the pacifier put back in or the noise machine to be a little bit louder, you're really throwing off that sleep cycle 
and almost encouraging them to continue to wake up. So yeah, I would if I wake up and scream, it. I get to have a party in the middle of the night. Look, this is food. Cool. I would wake up in the middle of the night all the time. Right. Feed Here's me. a steak. Yeah. <laughs> so no, but again, yeah. and sometimes we do have to feed her. Yes. And and so and that that's fine. You know, it just depends. Right. And every night's a little different. It's always different. So the next question, I guess this is a me question. What has helped overcome postpartum anxiety? One, recognizing postpartum anxiety. I think it's very important to be open with your OB, open with your spouse, and understand that, you know, if you are having debilitating thoughts or consuming thoughts about scenarios that probably would never happen, but to you as a new mom with this hormone dump, you feel like they are very real. If you cannot sleep, if you are having, you know, these thoughts at night that keep you up, it might be time to speak to a mental health therapist. Can you share some examples? Because I'm dying to hear some of these oh my that, that you've personally experienced. It's so I'm bad. sure some of the listeners are as well. It's so bad. Just pick um, some of the crazy ones okay. that are totally ridiculous. Yeah, so we've got a one-acre pond in our backyard. And during the summer, you know, she really liked to be in her carrier and I would walk around the pond. Well, in my head, I'm like, well, what if one time I'm walking around the pond and arrow comes behind me with one of her giant logs that she likes to run around with takes both my knees out. I fall into the pond. I get stuck and I can't save the baby. Wow. Yeah. And that like definitely was a real thing in your head. Yes. That's actually a real thing that could actually happen. Exactly. So that's (laughs) not good. So I would just have this like, thought that just like kept playing over and over and over in my mind um and it felt real like it, it felt it, like it really it, could happen oh wow that is scary yeah because arrow's crazy the pond is freaky there's just a lot um another one was if i was getting gas by myself and the baby's obviously on the driver's side but even so like i would have to get out to get gas Lock the doors because what if someone came in the passenger side while I was pumping gas and I didn't see them and then took the baby out of the car while I was pumping gas? Oh, my gosh. So these are examples of postpartum anxiety. Examples of thoughts that could mean you are dealing with postpartum anxiety. If they're debilitating to a point to where you can't sleep, to where you can't break out of that to where you can't recognize, hey, this probably isn't ever going to happen. Um, That might be a time where you either call your OB and ask if you think that they, if they think you should see a mental health therapist or if you should start reading. I do have a book. um, It's a very long title. I will put it in the show notes. If you guys want to read it, it's something that my therapist has recommended. I have went to speak to a therapist twice in the last month, just for reference. I've also reduced my caffeine intake by about 50%. There's a bunch of studies that prove that caffeine can actually, what's the word I'm looking for? Not increase anxiety, but just ramp it up and really like reveal anxiety. So if you are dealing with that, I would recommend the book. It's down in the show notes. Speak to a therapist and maybe reduce your overall caffeine I think another thing is for the listeners that are like, oh, do I have it? So I think if they if they heard what you just said, they can at least identify if they have it, you know, because I mean, therapists are expensive. I mean, they're they like are. Yeah. 70, 80 bucks an hour. And I mean, that's a lot for a, a new mom that's paying for diapers to go and just have someone tell them that they're having whatever's going on. So I think that's that's uh, pretty awesome that you were able to share some of your personal experiences, at least to give the listeners an idea like, oh, maybe this is something I need to do. Yeah, for sure. So. 
And I have had a lot of women reach out to me and say, I didn't speak to anyone after my first baby, but I did after my second and it really helped. So for me, obviously we've only ever had one baby, so I can only share one experience. It's not like I've had one and then without anxiety and had one with. So there's definitely been a lot of women. I haven't had one message from someone saying, I thought I had postpartum anxiety. I went to see a therapist and they said I didn't have it. So there's that. As well as if you don't want to be on medication, which I told my therapist the first time, I don't want medication. Most therapists don't want to put you on medicine. So just be open and upfront with whomever you're talking to. Okay. How to find balance with everything. Wow. Uh, I think, again, this is going to be awesome for Sarah to be able to talk about this with time chunking. Yes. But, I mean, for me, you know, it's there's no more wasted time. I mean, no more scrolling, no more to this or that. And I mean, if that's your th- your your time of day, you're like, okay. Your self-care is my scrolling. My self-care is scrolling through Instagram or watching a YouTube video. Funny TikTok. Whatever, you know, then, then that's okay. But you got to make sure because what is, what's going to happen is if you just always go to self-care in your spare time, then you're going to feel way, way overwhelmed with work, way overwhelmed with education or whatever. And so that's for me, I've been finding the hardest time is finding time for self-education because I'm pretty big on that, you know, taking courses, continual, continual um, post-college education and just constantly learning. And so for me, it's really hard because my study sessions I need un- uninterrupted. I need to be able to really digest what I'm learning and studying. And oh, baby's tr- crying. Oh, this and that. So trying to lower my expectations on how much I can get done in a day is been huge for me with balance. Just I think the key to any happiness is low expectations. You know, especially you know as as a husband. You know, from you, you're taking care of a baby all day long. You're working all day long. And you're obviously sleep deprived. And then I'm over here saying, hey, I'm your husband. I have needs. Take care of me. And that's that's pretty selfish of me to be able to put higher expectations on you to how things were before we were married. You know, so keeping things like that in mind as a husband, you know, going into this, it, it really has made a difference. Like just lowering my expectations. I don't know. What would you say? As far as balance with everything, for me, what's helped is making a list of what I need to do for that day, actually doing that the night before is very beneficial. Then I know, okay, during naps one, two, and three, I need to get this much stuff done, checking it off my list. Like Josh mentioned, I am very list oriented. And if I think of something and I don't write it down, I will eventually forget that I need to do it. So lists are very helpful. And then also doing multiple things at once. So when I'm working on emails or working on DMs or writing content or whatever needs to be done for that day that I can do on my phone or my computer. I'm always on my treadmill desk, so killing two birds with one stone. So so you're training and working out, doing your cardio while working. Yes, so that has really helped. So say I have an hour and a half of work while she's still in her quote-unquote night sleep until nine in the morning, I am getting two things done at once, so it takes me an hour and a half instead of three hours. So that has really helped with balancing everything. And then just getting as much stuff done while she's napping has just been the game changer. So a lot of lists, a lot of organization, time chunking, multiple things at once. Um, so and then just so my question for you then is, I'm sure that everyone listening is wondering, well, when do you relax? Because if you're when she's down, a lot of people, like when their baby goes down, that's whenever they just go, oh, okay, I can just chill. And when you're like, baby's down 
time to work, time to go crazy. When do you feel is your relaxing time? I feel like I'm most productive in the morning. So I definitely see productivity decrease as the day goes on. It's also in line with her. She like her nap naps three and four are a lot more difficult to get her down and they're shorter naps. So I try to get as much stuff done during those longer naps. And then as the day goes on for me, honestly, though, like while she's awake, it's pretty chill. It's feeding her. It's doing tummy time, getting her dressed, maybe doing a cute little baby photo shoot. So for me, that is very enjoyable. So I almost kind of get like little breaks in between my crazy work chunk. But then at the same time, you know, when she goes down at nine o'clock at night, can watch a quick Netflix show, take a bath, something like that. So for me, like, it's, I wouldn't say it's like a reward at the end of the night, but it's definitely something that I get to look forward to while I also know I've accomplished as much stuff as I can throughout the day. That way I'm not stressed at night when I'm taking 20 minutes to myself to I actually see. do something I enjoy. So you just start, y- your your schedule's kind of in sync with the baby then. So yes. you start as highly productive as, productive as possible in the morning, and then as the evening goes on, you get less and less productive to where you can relax more and more. Yes. Uh, that makes sense. Yeah. So we kind of covered the next question already, which that's is... A, that's a pretty good tip. Yeah. I mean, I think that... You just have to know your baby and know yourself. For me, you know, that's just what works. So Know thyself. Wow. Um, <laughs> next question. How do you <laughs> how do you find self-care time daily? So I think we kind of answered that. But for me, what I've recently just loved is the British baking show on Netflix. Oh, my god. I love it. And it's like a 50... Awesome. <laughs> I know. It's like a 50-minute show, I think. So I'll... I never have watched a full show in its entirety, but I can watch 20 minutes, you know, at night. And I really enjoy that. It's very calming for me. It's relaxing. And it's something that I get to look forward to, you know, the whole day, which is great. So, and then the gym, obviously I would consider self-care as well. Yeah. I mean, for me, I was just thinking, I'm like, um, I don't really do self-care. So it's like the, for me, it's like going hunting or something like that. I feel like that's kind of like my space to kind of, think and do whatever while I'm sitting in the woods in that solitude I feel like that's pretty cool for me to be just preparing for everything going forward I would feel like that's my self-care and training as you know work training is work but at the same time it's just a it's a break it is a break it's an enjoyable break so the next question (laughs) which Josh and I went back and forth on things no one told you that you wish you knew Oh, boy. Do you want to start or me? I will start. So for me, the biggest thing is people talked about it, but I guess not to the extent of, you know, being a mom, everyone calls it the fourth trimester. And finding out who you are as a mom while also recovering from birth, while also having this crazy hormone dump, there's just a lot that's going on. I would say up until this point. I mean, there's still a lot going on four months later. Yes, it gets easier. You find a rhythm, you find a routine, but especially that first four to eight weeks, there's a lot of changes that are occurring. And so I think it's not talked about enough that, you know, you don't have to be superwoman and you can ask for help and, you know, you need to rely on your spouse and let them do as much stuff as they can while also taking a bath and, watching a British baking show, (laughs) whatever the case may be. I think that is the one thing that I wish people knew more of was just that the post birth 
because so many people talk about, I mean, there's an entire book titled what to expect when you're expecting, but there's not really a lot of content. And because I know every postpartum journey is different, but every pregnancy is different too, but there's a ton of books on pregnancy, but there's not a lot of books on the postpartum path. Right. So I think that's, I think that is just something that I wish I knew a little bit more of, but I know Josh's answer is going to be really fun for this. Oh, well, it's kind of embarrassing because it <laughs> makes me sound like a dirtbag of a dad and a husband, but it has a lot to do with the sex, honestly. No one told me that, oh, by the way, um, I always heard my friends that had to, oh, yeah, she turns into a sex-crazed demon when she's pregnant. It's awesome. I'm like, oh, cool. I'm like, all right, well, this will be fun. And and no one ever tells you there's a lot of women that don't turn into sex-crazed demons when they're pregnant. Just demons. Just demons. No sex. And so, honestly, there there is room in the middle there. Some, But uh, for Sarah, you know, it, it was not like that for you at all. Nope. So then you we go into pregnancy with, you know, limited to no sex, which, again, it's I've, I sound like such a dirtbag here. But but if no one talks about it, then no well, one's going to be prepared important. for it. And so yeah. women out there, I know you don't feel sexy like when you're, you know, super mm. pregnant and you're going through water retention and all this stuff. And But at the end of the day, like as, as a husband, I thought you were the most beautiful I've ever seen you. And so it's hard because a lot of the time how – any woman feels is how they reflect that on their spouse or their significant other of any kind. They feel like that's how they feel about them. And right. I, and you did that to me a lot. And it sucks because no matter how much I told you you're beautiful, you just didn't believe me. And to I me, had a beach ball inside of me. But to me, I'm like, <laughs> you are so beautiful and gorgeous. Right. And I just, and it was, I was like, oh my gosh, you know, this is amazing. And of course that physical intimacy is important. And it just, for you, you're like, don't touch me. I'm disgusting. You know, that kind right. of thing. And so that's where that was hard. Well, then I'm like, okay, whew, baby's about to come out. Everything's getting back to normal. Life is going to be good. Well, I'm like, oh, we're not it's supposed to have sex for um, eight weeks. Six. Oh, six weeks. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, some women go to eight weeks. Oh, oh, okay. 12, <laughs> 12 weeks. Oh, wow. You know, and so that's where things get going, you know, and every woman's different. And Sarah was such a great, you know, she went through labor pretty quick. And so that's where no one told me these things. Like, so you come out of, you know, that that time of being pregnant to not being pregnant. Well, now you have to wait 12 weeks. And some women take longer to heal totally. And that's unfortunately you. But uh, yeah, that, that was really hard for me, you know, going from, you know, what, what, what we were is, uh, into just learning how to deal with that, which is okay. It's just kind of one of those things where I'm like, I wish someone told me, you know, cause right. then I could be more mentally prepared. <laughs> right. So, and I don't think it's necessarily, I mean, obviously we had to have sex to have a baby. So I don't think it's necessarily wrong to understand that or, but at least you can be somewhat prepared and, well, yeah. what I think, if anyone takes this from a loving and caring husband to give a woman advice, don't think how you feel is how your husband or significant other feels about you. Yeah. Like, that is huge. If they say you look beautiful, it's because you do to them. The beauty is in the eye of the beholder. So believe them and, and just remember, like... They are there. They love you. They obviously put a baby in you. Um, that's that's pretty big deal. So believe them if they think or they say you're beautiful. They're not just saying that. Gotcha. Tips from Josh Bomar. Uh, the next question, and I never felt necessarily disgusting. I just didn't feel like myself. 
I think there's a big difference. So yeah. what would you tell the women out there that, that feel that way? Do you feel like it's appropriate? Which part? The part about reflecting that onto your spouse. Um, I think it's very difficult for a female to be going through. I think that's one thing. Like Men will never understand the hormonal changes going on. Men will never understand carrying a baby, and they'll never understand those bodily changes. There's just a lot going on. So I think just having the sympathy from the man's perspective goes a long way with, which you did, um, for a woman who's carrying a child whose body is changing rapidly. And like I said, I, d I never felt bad about myself. It just wasn't, I'm, we are in the fitness industry. Our bodies are very important to us. And so for me, I just didn't feel like myself, which then in turn made me not feel like hot and like, ooh, look at me. Like, right. here's a beach ball. <laughs> um, yeah, but you were so fit as a pregnant woman. Yeah. I mean, you were so fit. You like walked five miles every day, religiously, no breaks. I mean, so you were like as fit as they get. Yeah. So, I mean, it was amazing to me. And I just was like so proud of you. So it made it hard for me, you know, whenever, you know, you're, you didn't really feel like what I was saying was being truthful. Right. So as far as like, is that, I think, f especially maybe the second time around, if we're blessed with another baby and another pregnancy, I think it'll be a little bit different because you kind of know what to expect. There's a lot of fear of the unknown with being first time mom and just, you know, so I do think it may be different. So maybe after our second baby, if we have one, we'll do an updated Maybe Podcast you'll turn into that sex craze demon. And not just a demon. So <laughs> the next question, um, apps and products that you guys are using. So I actually have an entire list on the apps and the products that we used while I was pregnant. And then I also have a list of our baby favorites on sarahbomar.com. I also have a list of all of our nursery items on that blog as well if you guys are interested there's a long list there's a lot of stuff that we're using there's a lot of stuff that we really didn't need and I think that'll be super helpful for a lot of people especially if you are a first-time mom or if you haven't had a baby in a while or if you were looking for gifts for someone that information is all on sarahbomar.com oh advice for flying also on sarahbomar.com she's been on mm, 10 airplanes so far, yeah. I think. So she's been on a few, and we have definitely learned different tips and tricks. So that is on sarahbomar.com as well. Next question. What does a normal day look like? I think we kind of touched on this already. No yeah. day is normal for us, just being productive while she is napping, and then just including her in activities that she likes. Obviously, those are always changing, but right now we know she likes the gym. So, hey, during one of her wake windows, let's feed her. Let's go put her in her little baby bouncer, and she loves looking at the lights, and she loves when we're working out. So, I mean, Wheels on the Bus is the best right. pump-up workout music. Let me I'll tell, tell you. What, you. Man, I'll get the best pump to the Wheels on the Bus. The best pump. Um, well, how so two more questions. How do you deal with mom or parent shaming? Okay, well, I think we need to define what mom and parent shaming actually is and then we'll uh, yes. let's talk so about how we deal with it. So the world of the internet is a is a great place, let me tell you. So mom shaming technically is just other moms, sometimes not even other moms, just people who think that they know more than you. Um, you know, if you post a photo of bottle feeding and suddenly well that's not the right nipple to use why are you using that formula those those bottles aren't the best kind you know it's just all these opinions 
and again, this it's mom a shaming topic. Mom shaming is different than someone being, you know, totally just like trying to help. Correct. There is a difference, and Correct. it's how you package it and language it that makes it whether it's shaming or trying to be helpful. Because right. guys, like maybe you've had twenty five kids and you figured something out and said, "Hey, by the way, I see you're using this bottle. Uh, that that'll work fine." Uh, but I found this type of bottle is actually super helpful for babies that burp up a lot or spit up a lot. I just wanted to to share my little findings from me having 25 kids. I would love that email or that DM. Not, you moron, why are you doing that? You're going to kill your baby. Do you even care about them? Those messages are mom shaming. Yes, big difference. <laughs> yeah. So, guys, if you are an experienced mom out there, share your advice. I think that's important. Share it in a way that's helpful and not in a way that you are a know-it-all or that you know more because I think every – no, I can't say that. I think most mothers out there, unless you see me handing my baby a crack pipe, I am trying to do the best that I can with a the reason. crack pipe? <laughs> You're so crack pipe, oh baby. Oh, my God. I don't even know if crack pipes are a thing. Um – <laughs> you know, unless you see me putting my baby, my four-month-old baby in the front seat without a car seat buckling or up with her crack pipe in hand, like, I am doing the best that I can, and I research a ton. I have a million and a half people to tell me what products they use, so I did a lot of research. So for me, you know, we we are all doing the best that we can, so sometimes it is it not even like a pride thing. It just kind of hurts, like if you approach it the wrong way, because it's almost like you're inferring that I don't care enough about my baby to know what you already know, when it probably took you five years to know what you already know. Well, let's give them some examples, because I'm sure there's some listeners that say, well, I'm, I have, I'm a mother of three. Great. I've, I've really figured out a lot of stuff, and I see new moms making mistakes. You should write a blog then. Well, Share your experience. Maybe they don't have the time because they have three kids, so maybe they, they just want to leave a comment. So I let's give some examples of how someone could give good advice Yes. that's not mom shaming. Okay. So one, don't leave a comment send a private DM. I feel like when you leave a public comment, you're almost saying like, wow, look at me. I'm super mom and I know all these things and I'm trying to make you feel bad about yourself. If you send a DM, I think it, I think it shows that you actually care and you're not trying to make it seem like you know more than that person. That's but my she, perception. Let's say this person does know more. I mean, it's very possible that right. they know more. So it's right, but it's it's you if again. You really let's give want examples yeah. of a DM. Like I want real life examples. I think would be helpful. Of a good message, or yeah, a like bad a message one? that wouldn't upset a normal person. That wouldn't normal. be mom shaming. Okay, um, whether it's a comment or a DM. Yeah. So let's just say, um, you know, you see someone doing tummy time on a soft surface, and they should really be doing it on a hard surface. Great. Let's. Take that example because that is a DM I've, I've received. Um, you know, the person, they let me know their credentials ahead of time. Hey, I'm X, Y, and Z. I have had three kids. This is what's really helped my kids. They are now in sports, whatever, whatever. If you can build your credibility, it it helps a lot more than just being like, like slap this on the wall. Like, I don't even know if you have kids if you just send a quick message like you're doing that wrong. Well, that's not That, that makes helpful. sense. So you can package it. Hey, you know, I'm a mom of three. My kids, one of my kids grew up with bow-legged, bow-legged because this is a mistake that I made. And I love and care enough about you as one of your followers to share the mistakes that I've made. I'm sure you've asked the doctor about this. I'm sure you've done your research. I just wanted to share my experience. That is very helpful. You can validate that 
you know someone has done their research. You can validate that they have their child's best interest at heart. And then you can share your experience and then maybe end it with, I hope this works out for you. Let me know. I would love, you know, Baby Oakley makes me so happy. And I just, I wish someone had told me this. So I, I'm picking up some really good sentences here. Um, I, I want to share my experience, mm-hmm. not implying, you know, that you don't know what you're doing, right. something like that. Um, my kids, this is mistakes that I made that I wish that I didn't. Mm-hmm. You know, what other sentences can be started to where it packages it in such a great way? I, I know you love your baby more than anything. I know you've done your research. I'm sure you've already asked your doctor this. Just just validating the fact that you aren't trying to come at someone in a way that makes it feel like you know more than them. Even if you do know more, it's all just about, like Josh said, how you package it and how you language it, I think, can go a long way. Because over the Internet, we lose that nonverbal communication. And I think that's huge because it makes up. We get a lot of heat from haters, you know, so from us, we we're always looking through the filter. Is this a hater? Or a fan. Right. And so from us, unfortunately, a lot of haters do, you know, I guess, shine the brightest light. So we do have, and that's not on anyone's fault but our own, that we kind of assume uh, they're they're criticizing versus giving true advice. Right, for sure. So, and like I was saying, nonverbal communication makes up 70% of communication. So over the internet, you lose that. So it's just the way in which you can read it, you know, in between you're doing that wrong or you're doing that wrong. It's the same sentence. And that's just what, that's just what's so difficult when you're reading a message. So just making sure that, you know, you're, you're validating the person, you're letting them know that, Hey, you are the best mom for baby Oakley. And You've done you know, your Oakley's research. Oakley's lucky to have a mom that cares enough about her like you do. Like, those sentences are great. So, yeah. again, you guys don't need to be professionals here to, to have common sense that how you start a sentence is important, especially when you're not talking to that person in real life. Hey, you know what? I see you're doing th- making her stand on her own a lot. That's stupid. You're an idiot. Like, that's obviously not okay. Right. You know, like, feel felt found. I know how you feel. A lot of people try to give me advice. You know, I felt the same way. I felt criticized. But you know what? Here's what I found. Feel felt found. Use that in a sentence and it will help you in a lot of situations. Hey, I I know you're ex. I know you're a great mom. This is my experience that I found that I wish I knew. Like these are all great ways to start sentences to give someone advice in anything, not just being a mom. Right. And something, too, that I think is very helpful, especially when. So we talked about the Internet. But what about an aunt or someone in person dealing, you know, maybe it's an uncle on my side saying something to Josh. Me as as the relationship to that person should step in and say, you know what, Josh is actually a great dad and we've done a lot of research on this. He's doing his best. You know, just being able to stand up for your spouse if it's coming from your side of the family, I think is very important because Have you had to do that. Oh, I was going to say, I'm like, is this real? Yeah, my uncle Mike got really mad at you. Did Mike get mad at me? No, no, no. I love Um, Mike. (laughs) No, but I think (laughs) it's really important, too, to be a team and not, you know, if your husband's X, Y, and Z cousin is saying something, your husband should be the one to stand up for you and validate you as a mom. Unless you're married to a beta. 
well, come on. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah. So I think it's really important to just be a team and especially in those in-person scenarios because you don't, a baby is a very exciting time and you don't want to have animosity towards someone's relative just because of a comment that they made. Your husband or your spouse or your wife should be standing up for you as a parent and be able to validate. You can't validate yourself. Actually, I'm a great mom. Thanks. That you can't really validate that. But if Josh were to say that to his cousin, Sarah's actually a great mom. We've already actually looked into that. Thanks for the advice. Get it. Move on. You don't have to ruin Christmas over it. Okay. Kind of thing. Um, so the last question, what has helped the most with postpartum recovery? I would assume this is a me question. Yeah, Josh I have so much information yeah. about this. Um, so I think the most important thing that helped with postpartum recovery is actually the preventative measures that I took while pregnant. I don't know specifically what this person is referring to. I can only assume that they're talking about recovery of the core and, you know, fixing, repairing your core, having the quick recovery, quote unquote, quick postpartum recovery. I think it, I think it's just very important to understand that one of my favorite quotes is an ounce of prevention is worth more than a pound of the cure. And I think that's really important. You know, if you can remain active while pregnant, I think you absolutely should. I did release a free pregnancy and postpartum fitness guide on sarahbomer.com that's like 40 pages long that goes through pregnancy, it goes through postpartum recovery, goes through C-section recovery, and it's really, really helpful. But I think the most important thing in order to recover in a way that is quote-unquote fast is based on the work that you are doing while pregnant. I think that's super helpful. So I, I would I would agree with that, yeah. you know, because here's the thing. We get this all the time. It's like people are like, they reach out, oh my gosh, I have a cruise coming up in one week. How do I get the fit as fit as possible? Well, you should have started the first thing you should have started, you know, two months ago. Yeah. So the same thing with this. It's like it, the more active you are during your pregnancy, the easier the post-pregnancy yes. will be. Yes. And so a lot of people, if you're sitting there like, great, I'm nine months pregnant. I did nothing. I ate like a crazy person. You can pretty much expect to have a slow horrible postpartum um, pregnancy and so again i i don't want to be the debbie downer here but you kind of are going to be laying in the bed that you you made yeah and so and you have to accept that like a lot of you know and and not everyone can be active while pregnant but you you can control the food that you are eating it's it's yes your hormones are different but at the same time you know you can still make you can still stick somewhat to a diet and a meal yeah, plan. Yeah, and it, it, again, you're not, it's like, don't use pregnancy as an excuse. Correct. And, and that's the biggest thing. Again, you don't have to be a a food. You don't have to be an Olympian while you're pregnant. But right. you also don't have to gain, you don't have to gain a ton of unnecessary body weight. If you want to, go for it, girl. Eat you that ice cream and that whatever, whatever. You Every day. Yes, but you also have to realize the, the healthier you are, and the healthiest you can be while pregnant sets your baby up to be healthier. There's a lot of studies by the ACOG that validate that if you gain, I don't even remember what the percentage was, but you're much higher um, predisposed to gestational diabetes. Your baby will have a higher body fat percentage at birth. Um, you know, there's just a lot that there's a lot of benefits to having and remaining as active as you can while being pregnant. And then your recovery is also much quicker in relation to someone who maybe didn't remain as active as they could have while pregnant. 
Totally. Yeah. So again, to, to reduce it, if you are getting started late to the party, do what you can, yeah. you know, because Sarah was really limited, you know, to doing anything. She could barely walk, you know, yeah. for extended periods of time. So do what you can and always do as much as you can. Yeah. So again, my um, free guide goes over that in super, super great detail. If you guys are interested, we are, I also have a ton of information on my Instagram. I did become AFPA prenatal and postpartum certified while pregnant, which is great, but there's a lot of great resources. You don't need to, you're not a fragile flower. You're growing a human. So you don't have to think like, oh, I, I just need to sit down the whole time I'm pregnant. You don't have to. And if you, not only is your postpartum recovery faster, but your labor is also proven to be less complicated and be quicker if you can remain active while pregnant. So a lot of benefits to it. Um, there's really no downside, honestly. So, True. Yeah, absolutely. So that was all of our questions. I hope we answered everything properly. We also are going to make it a goal to record more podcasts. Again, it is it's a balancing act. It's difficult with oh. a baby. And I mean, we just talked for an hour. So and we do these straightforward. We don't splice. We don't edit. We it has to be uninterrupted. So to find uh, the so time this is, is difficult. This is fun for us because we get to share things with you guys. You know, we don't do this for us. We do this right. for you. And and because, again, we get a lot of questions and it's like, man, you know what? We really would love to cover this to be able to help as many people as possible. Because at the end of the day, that's really what Sarah and I's goal have always been. You know, our goals have always been geared around how can we help more people from the start of Bomer Nutrition to making dieting easy, you know, to our fitness programs, to Sarah literally making a 40-page, page, page, you know, guide for people that are pregnant because she's like, I wish I had this. So I'm going to make this, spend all this time, energy, and effort making money. it and money <laughs> yeah. and then do it for free. I mean, so guys, that is... That is the kind of people that we are that, that we just love helping. So we want to help as much as possible. So if you guys get podcast ideas, make sure to send them in DM form on social media. Maybe leave a comment, you know, whatever. Email us if you're like, hey, I really wish Josh would go over, you know, dieting during pregnancy or Sarah can go over, you know, just, you know, dieting in general. You know, OK, well, how do you help, you know, normal people diet? So anyway, any sort of DMs, questions or can concerns you know s suggestions for our podcast please reach out yeah so thank you guys for tuning in if you love this podcast which i'm sure you do if you've made it this far if you could <laughs> leave us a review and a comment that would be incredible for us we take zero ads on this podcast but reviews really do help and um with unless the, the review's bad don't leave one of those yeah screw you then um so <laughs> So thank you guys so much for listening. We will see you over in the next episode.